Today's episode is brought to you by BitCasino, Kava Labs, and Shopping.io. You'll hear more about them later on in this episode. What is up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem. You are watching and listening Untold Stories, where twice a week, we get to dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders and really understand how this movement came to be. And what we've been doing lately is unpacking and exploring a lot of complicated uh, uh, topics. And a lot of people have been asking me to continue doing some of these uh, masterclass type general overviews. And I, and I, and I wanted to take uh, the first part of the show and go into NFTs and NFT marketplaces and then go into smart chains and alternate blockchains and, and really understand what are they, why are they important, uh, and how, how we're going to be interacting with them in, in the next few months, few years, in our everyday lives, and, and how we can start trading some of these things now, potentially make some money, have some fun. Uh, and joining me today, I'm honored to have Nick Chan, someone who and I, uh, I hope him and I have become friends over the last few weeks talking about different uh, NFT-related topics. And he's building uh, one of the what, what hopes to be the largest NFT marketplace, which will be built on, uh, called Refinable, which will be built on the Binance Smart Chain. And you have just been growing exponentially, building your community, going through your token sale in the last few days. Uh, how do you feel? How's it, how's it going? Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It's like such an honor to be on the show. Um, it's the last couple of days I've been extremely... Uh, extremely just just crazy just uh, the amount of support I mean you know working inside the team you know we're going out doing these interviews trying to tell people what the new thesis and way of thinking about NFTs are and it's just like crazy to see the amount of support that's coming from the community I mean the TGA has been extremely successful in a lot of in a lot of ways we broke records we were one of the fastest selling uh, Pokestarter projects um, I think we sold out in around six minutes I think we we almost even broke Binance Smart Chain I think uh, those are some some crazy things to be uh, to be uh, happy about, but um, yeah. So it's just been crazy talking about NFTs and uh, describing like a new way to really think about NFTs. I think we're one of the first marketplaces to really uh, posit a new kind of engagement strategy for NFTs, not just about digital art. So I'm super excited to really um, talk to you about that today. If you look at if you look at the the early Bitcoin exchanges of like 2010, 2011, 2012, like, like I would say like the watershed moment was Coinbase becoming a company, but the pre-Coinbase companies that were building marketplaces for Bitcoin, uh, been instead included, uh, because there was a demand for it. There's, and so what you're building now is needed, uh, because there is such a demand and the NFT marketplace, the industry has been growing, uh, by leaps and bounds because probably every, uh, every other industry around the world, uh, every other industry around the world can kind of see how they can adapt to this or where this kind of fits into their thing. But I guess my question is, the, the crypto exchanges that we have now 10 years later are very different than the ones that we had then. You couldn't kind of like foresee what the industry would need. Do you mm -hmm. kind of like look at what the NFT industry will look at 10 years from now and how is what you're building now going to be what we'll use then? Yeah, so, I mean, I have to admit, around like 2017, when I first heard about NFTs, you know, I always just thought it was a CryptoKitties backend. I didn't really spark my imagination of how to really think about the long-term value for these things. I think it's super similar to what you mentioned, you know, pre-Coinbase pre as a company. A lot of, uh, you know, these companies are just trading purely Bitcoin, right? You're thinking about Bitcoin as a store of value, you know, that's the only thing that it really is. And it's, over time, you really saw different types of these uh, fungible tokens coming out, right? You have Ethereum, you have all of uh, you know, Neo. If we're talking going OG, we oh, have yeah. 
but like uh, you just have all these other tokens i don't so even many, remember so many there's coins so many. and tokens just dead yeah. over the years exactly so you kind of see there's different like use cases for a lot of these um different tokens you have some meme tokens you have some great utility tokens as well but you see people thinking about the technology in a different way right and i think right now we're still in the early stages of nft where a lot of people are thinking about nfts as in digital art store value right and that's kind of like the lowest hanging fruit but right now, I think uh, we want to drive the conversation into, say, using NFT as a transaction layer or as a technology medium to really drive more use case further on. And I think community engagement is really, really important for that aspect. And so uh, one example that I like to describe to people is that, um, you know, uh, there's sort of like an air mysticism around NFTs. And I really don't think it's that mm. complicated to describe to people. And if you use the words like provenance, authenticity, and fungibility, I... I don't think my English is that bad, but I honestly have to look these words up. And if you're including these in your descriptions, people are not going to understand, right? So I always tell people, you have an ID card, you have a passport number, and that passport number is unique, right? No one else has that number, it points to you as a person. So imagine you can have identifier, an ID number for any item in the world. It could be a physical item, it could be a digital item, and this item can track all these information about any object in the world. So if you think about stuff like that way, and then you think about, say, Craigslist or eBay or any of these items, you know that there's secondary markets for any item in the world, right? Attaching an ID to, say, a digital file opens up an entire secondary market for all digital files. You're talking about stock photos, you're talking about icon sets, you're talking about website domains, you're talking about just like all these things, right? And if I were to even extrapolate further out, I think that's sort of like the layer one of this uh, advanced use case for NFTs. But you also have like community engagement stuff where you can really use NFTs as a source of... Um, uh, community engagement, where you can go to live events, you can have different uh, community, like user engagement stuff, say collecting a memorabilia from a stage, and then maybe at the end of the day, um, if you have 10 of these, you can collect them for a reward or some something even like similar to that, right? So I think uh, expanding the definition of what is possible with NFTs can really help people reimagine what exactly is an NFT, um, how we can use it in the future. And that's why I think it's super exciting because once you kind of realize this, you realize you can literally use NFTs for anything. And I think right now we just want to drive the engagement for brands to come in and users and communities to really play with this. When you put it like that, where everything has almost like a unique number and the point of a blockchain is just to track almost everything in the world, you could almost argue that that was what Satoshi eventually originally envisioned. Because if you look at the history and, and by the way, great article. So Satoshi just disappeared like last week. And my friend Pete Rizzo, wrote an article for Bitcoin Magazine about like the last days of Satoshi's disappearance. And speaking of which, uh, Bitcoin Miami is coming in June. For everyone who's listening, uh, I'll be there. It'll be, it's gonna be crazy. If you use the coupon untold, you get 15% off like everything, all the tickets, everything that they offer. I negotiated that. You can't find any discounts anywhere on the internet, but that's like an only untold stories thing. I should have a token just for like <laughs> the shit that I give away on this show. Um, but Satoshi supported, I think there was a forum post one time, someone asked Satoshi, like putting data on chain. A lot of Bitcoin maximalists don't like the idea of putting data on the chain. And, and because the, the core of not putting data on chain isn't the fact of like, oh, Bitcoin only needs to be about money. Like, no, Satoshi supported putting hashes of things on chain. Satoshi said, like, if you hash things and if you have different, uh, if you can connect that, well, he didn't say that, but then the idea of that, he supported different, uh, uh is standard and. Um, you had different form fields that you can add different type of data, but you can essentially rehash everything and control the chain 
where you need to go, if you wanted to reverse a transaction that was six confirmations ago, you'd have to go reverse, you know, six six times SHA-256 and the whole blockchain is almost impossible to do. And same thing with all other blockchains now, especially the larger ones. So you could argue that NFTs, and, and you asked me, by the way, about general and technical, and I know I just jumped so technical right there, but to bring it all back, NFTs are about tracking everything, not just about art and music that we know of today. So what type of functions will a, a, a marketplace or a, a user interface for NFTs look like? Because I could own an NFT that is 10% of a building in another city, and that comes with different functions. Will mm. your user interface allow me those functions? And then how will they all interact? Is that where the future is? Oh man, that's a that's a million dollar question. So the way that we kind of think about it right now is um, we kind of separate what we want to do on our platform into four different verticals, right? There's a creation flow, there's a discovery flow, there's a trading flow, and as well as there's a, a leverage flow, like for the advanced features, right? But I think the creation, the trading, the discovery is really about just the general marketplace, right? I think a lot of marketplaces have very similar interfaces, and there's been tried and true methods of how people should go in to say something like eBay or Carousel and find what they want. Right. I think uh, that experience should be feel very familiar and there shouldn't be any difference between going into a marketplace to find a stuff full of, um, you know, uh, Ikea cardboards or just a place full of different NFT types as well. So I think that experience is all very similar. We are trying to give a no code experience so that anyone can benefit from this technology. So, for example, I think the right now the conversation has been really been about um, enabling royalties for a lot of creators. And so that's sort of the, the first layer right? The first layer, barely scratching the the first function type of thing. Yeah, exactly. So we want these people to benefit from these sort of um, uh, these custom logic that can be executed. At the end of the day, your NFT ID is just it's it's digitized, right? So you can execute any code on it. Royalties is just the first example. So we want all these people to come in and basically use NFT technology as a way of engaging their fan base, their community. So any, any, you know, aspiring musician can mint their music, they can mint perhaps not even music, but they mint, say, a 30-minute or a one-hour session with themselves. And so anyone can buy it, they can freely trade it, and then whoever owns it can actually redeem it for an hour, you know, tutor session or anything with the actual creator. So I think you see a lot of these different examples popping up. Right now, people are really focused on, oh, musicians are going to create music as NFTs, but that is not the only thing, right? And so right now for us, it's really about figuring out what the... Um, what the quintessential products and the redemption feature and all these different flows are going to look like for people so that they can go ahead and start engaging with these right now. So that's sort of the uh, the thesis that we have in that. So we're promoting these advanced or these utility-based NFT um, for people that are not familiar with blockchain. Hey guys, the Coin Gaming IO folks are back at it with another amazing promo this time. They're giving away three Teslas from April 19th to June 27th. It's so cool. Bitcasino.io forward slash Charlie. There's so many incentives and promos and things that they've been giving away over the past few months to my listeners. But now if you go to Bitcasino.io forward slash Charlie and you play their game Live Crash and you can get in the top 10 in all 10 tournaments, you will be entered in to win one of three Teslas. So all you got to do is go in there, play some slots, play some games, Get into the top 10 in any of the games and you'll be entered to win one of three Teslas. 
I mean, how cool is that? They've been giving away stuff at St. Patty's Day, at Valentine's Day. They're constantly, we're, we're always doing so many amazing promos. Bitcasino.io forward slash Charlie. You will not be disappointed. The most important part of our Bitcoin and crypto industry is being able to not only earn money in crypto, but also be able to spend it, earn rewards in crypto and keep that uh, revolution going, keep the cycle going of all of us together. Well, my partners at shopping.io are offering just that multi-tiered discounts up to 10% where you can spend your crypto anywhere that you're already buying everything already, Amazon, Walmart, eBay, but use your crypto to spend it, earn back cash back, earn back rewards. And not only that, but if you go to untoldstories.link forward slash shopping.io, you get an additional on top of every other discount, an additional 2%. So you can go there now and shop and get 12% off of everything you're already buying anyways and use your crypto, you can ship to uh, almost any country in the world. Fantastic, fantastic company. Make sure you check them out at untoldstories.link forward slash shopping.io. Our partners over at Kava Labs and Binance just launched something really cool, an awesome new integration where you can earn 10% APY on your hard stable coins using the Binance DeFi platform. This is actually pretty cool because Kava Labs has been doing DeFi, but actually in a decentralized way, offering governance for their token holders. And not only with their stable coins, but their lending products, all their different, the ability to stake and vote and earn different yields and liquidity mining. So not only is Kava Labs doing that, but partnering with Binance gives it that awesome, like full trailblazing go ahead to offer these really, really good yields with an amazing partner, Binance and Kava Labs together. Check them out at untoldstories.link forward slash Kava. That's untoldstories.link forward slash Kava. There's always some specials and crazy stuff going on. Enjoy. Well, you just described, I kind of call like creator coins, the, the artist coin, or like if I did a, a, a Charlie coin or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost like socially connecting one's brand to this coin. And the other side of it is if it, the, the, the issuer of the token, like say like, you know, uh, uh, a famous artist or a band, even though there's no like legal connection to this token other than them publicly issuing it, if they were to like rug pull or, or dump, you know, pump and dump or something, there is like a social uh, backlash to mm -hmm. that creator, like a, 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 the society will, will as a, or all your creator, all your coin holders, hopefully not come after mm -hmm. you physically, but they, I mean, they could, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, we, wh where is that? That's what scares me the most. Where is that line? Where, when does your, uh, not fiduciary duty, but when does your social duty to the creator coin holder kind of end? And when does it become a legal security? Like, where does that line cross? I think that is what's holding a lot of creators back. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a whole difference between, I mean, you mentioned social coins, right? So I think there's a lot of great projects like Chili's, you know, trying to work on these mm. things. And I, I can't think um, that project I, did well. I, I totally had a, so many opportunities to get involved in that. Damn. But what I, you mean, can't, can't get them all. It's, it's crazy. But um, I think what they're trying to do is really about governance. And I think governance is a lot harder to do, right? You know, we, we have these equity structures for like startups and big companies, board structures, and you still see a lot of conflict. It's not a perfect system. 
So I, I would love to stay as far away from that conversation as possible. Whereas I think the easiest path for us to onboard, introduce blockchain concepts to a lot of these people that aren't familiar with blockchain um, is really through NFTs. Because it's NFT, you're thinking about these things not as governance, not as shares, not as equity. You're thinking about these things as individual products, right? You're selling merchandise. You're selling a product. You're selling a merchandise to other people. Oh. And then it's up to you to follow up on, say, you know, spending an hour with your fan or shipping them a token or doing whatever you promised them to do with this, um, with this merchandise NFT, right? So I think that's a lot easier. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. So there's like All a right? specific... It's a specific function attached to it, not like an, an open-ended type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it's a lifetime. It, exactly. So you, you should have, have a catalog of the, you know, products and services that you can offer. That is like, uh, so imagine you can, you're a creator and you can have a uh, storefront for all your services and products, right? Maybe you can even sell uh, t-shirt NFTs and then uh, essentially anyone can trade these NFTs and then redeem it at one point and then we will actually ship you a t-shirt. So Theoretically, you hold the rights to a T-shirt. I mean, I'm I'm talking about these like weird economic uh, situations that could happen, but I think um, NFTs are crazy in a way that um, you the it's really good for the creators because you get those royalties, which is previously not possible, right? So that's one of the great biggest value add for you know people to just try out NFTs. But I think the it has to make sense for them on the long term. So that's why I really want to pitch sort of this uh you know storefront idea. Um, selling utility-based NFTs based on whatever you want to do. Um, you know, we that. see models, these models work with already, um, you know, Patreon, with OnlyFans, with all of these different creator-based, you know, even Kickstarter communities. And there is capital to go around. There is sort of um, people wanting to support influencers. And there is, you know, more good people in the world than bad that want to support you. So I think uh, we're leveraging sort of this kind of mentality to really go into this NFT space with, um, with that intention. I love that because because you look at from you look at it from a podcast point podcaster point of view there's a lot there and then you have like the advertiser point of view there's a lot of connections that could be made and now that you've kind of like explained NFTs on a on a high level and uh where does the name come from so you have non-fungible token uh you have fungible token what is a fungible token what's a non-fungible token and I know that uh um that argument about like Bitcoin's fungibility and then the larger fungibility of a, a cryptocurrency is so uh, important to like what makes a cryptocurrency a cryptocurrency. So now mm -hmm. these things kind of like are like the non-crypto cryptos. It, you know, it, it was hard for me to wrap my head around it in, in the beginning, but but how, how do you bring it all together? Uh, yeah, I mean, so I think it's a very interesting you kind of raise this question because I only learned in the last couple of days, I think I read someone's tweet, where basically the base Satoshis that make up a certain Bitcoin, each Satoshi is an individual NFT. Yes. So at the core that makes up a Bitcoin is actually all these unique components that come tying together that make up this, um, this bigger thing. But in terms of how I would explain fungibility or non-fungibility, um, I think there are other people out there that explain it better than me, but if I were to take a stab at it, then, you know, uh, fungible tokens are things that are the same, right? A drop of water is the same as another drop of water, you know, uh, if we're not arguing about theory and, and sort of high-level ideas. But, um, and non-fungibility just means uh, things are unique, right? So, for example, my passport number uh, points to me as a unique person. Your passport number points to you as a unique person. And I think that is the simplest way that we could probably explain it for, um, for everyone. Do, do you atoms? This may be the stupidest question, but do <laughs> atoms, the most stupid question. It's 
surface. Do uh, atoms and or molecules split like infinitely, or is there a finite amount of times that they can split? I, I think if you knew the answer to that question, you should be in uh, atomic. Okay. Yeah. So atom has, I, I Google, I, or we just use Google. Atom has specific mass, so you can think of it as finite energy. I mean, like every few years, they try to split into even smaller and smaller particles. Yeah. So you never see. I will never be able to determine whether or not that is the the ultimate particle, right? Because every single, you know, I think it's around five to ten years, someone comes up with a smaller particle, right? I believe now we're at quarks, or I I really don't remember the names. Um, but I think this is like arguing in theory, right? But no, I think someone needs to like invent mid midlife university or something where you can go back to school and study the <laughs> things that you're interested in. Because now, like the crossover between mathematics and physics and mm -hmm. and Bitcoin and crypto, I would have paid a lot more attention to that, and I would have not taken like Shakespeare three and four, you know, which I love taking Shakespeare one, two, three, and four. I mean, it's great class. Hey, I mean, learning learning takes, you know, the entire duration of your life, right? You get interested in certain subjects, you go to YouTube, you can read a book, you know, ask people around. I think um, but the whole point of this is that so many people are interested in crypto. I think right now, the interesting thing is that so many people have um, a lot of time, they have a lot of money, they have a lot of interest in NFTs. I think all the macro factors are in play to really introduce a whole new generation of people that have not touched crypto into blockchain via NFT. I think this is a great on-ramp yeah. and, you know, super encourage people to just go out there. The YouTube has billions of content uploaded every second. There is no way people can't find something that speaks to them. It's the same. It's a, it's definitely a great, uh, um, it's the best point to make because that like I call the guerrilla marketing, you know, is what crypto always will need. It'll always need to have these, um, exciting newsworthy, products or attractions to it that make more and more people constantly get into the industry and jump around and figure out what they like about it and what they want to do. Um, uh, another kind of question that I was thinking about the other day, actually, uh, I, I kind of asked the same question to a bunch of people, but, um, when, when, when looking or when, when deciding to build a, a marketplace or a service or a product on top of a blockchain, what goes into the thoughts of which blockchain to build on? Because nowadays it's not just like, hey, which chain should we fork to build ours or which, you know, like it's only token standard, but blockchains almost offer ecos. Well, they actually not almost, they do. They offer ecosystems. They're like, they have offices and they have staff and they have support and they have communities and and in fact, some of them, like um, I know Cosmos and some of the other ones, off are federations. So if you run your own chain within theirs, you actually can vote for the whole ecosystem as a whole. Crazy stuff going on. How do you like make that decision? And eventually, you ended up with with BSC with Binance Smart Chain, which is one of my favorites as well. Like, how did what was that exploration like? Yeah. So I mean, for us, it was really about um, making an accessible experience for people to engage with for NFTs. Right. I think right now there are actually some fantastic NFT marketplaces. I think, um, you know, Rarables, OpenSea, um, Super Rare, Makers Place, they all do a fantastic job uh, at sort of uh, redefining a certain niche in terms of bringing NFT to that niche. Right. But I think the, the biggest issue right now is just that people can't explore, people can't create just because the $100 gas fee is just pricing so many people out. So for us, it's about yeah. um, building something new, uh, building something accessible, something fast. And if that was a North Star, uh, that's sort of what, what we wanted to deliver for our users when we first roll out, right? So we want to roll it in around two weeks. Um, 
so for us, it's about finding the easiest path to success. Um, a lot of our developers have familiarity with solid, uh, Solidity, and so uh, BSC being a uh, even compatible chain, that would think that was a super super great thing for us. I think the uh, using DPoS was just a lot more sensible to us as well. I mean, we are not too stuck up on the centralized issue. I mean, we all use Gmail. I don't have any issues with it, so it wasn't too big of a concern for us, quite frankly. And also, um, I think Binance is putting a lot of, um, I guess, effort into building this new community. And so, you know, we really appreciate that. And um, we also thought it was strategic in that there's not a lot of incumbent NFT players. And so because of this fact, we can actually go in there and redefine sort of what exactly the NFT experience looks like for a lot of retail users. Um, because there's, it's a blue ocean, you know, we aren't really constrained by a highly competitive environment in order to like find a particular niche to go into. So I think that's sort of one of the privileges that we have. And um, it's one of the, I guess, an honor to really be one of the first ones to sort of reimagine this conversation. Um, it would definitely be a lot harder if we were deploying an Ethereum, just just user acquisition wise, um, just in terms of the experience. Um, Look how I mean, fast our industry is moving. That deploying on Ethereum is like saying, "Oh, I'm going to use like IBM computers nowadays." Like, when did that happen? <laughs> no, exactly. Windows ninety five. Yeah. So, I mean, BSC is not perfect, all right? I'm just so, I want to say that. that you know. I think Ethereum people are going to come after me now. I'm just joking, guys. <laughs> I'm just I mean, I, I'm. We, we are chain agnostic, so I will respond what's best to the community, right? Um, I always tell people we are content agnostic, we're cons community agnostic, but we're also chain agnostic. I think BSC is a great launchpad for us. Um, I think we are going to do a great job in sort of building out the community over here. I think there's a lot of upside. Um, but if the community really demands it, we are definitely going to you know branch into um, you know Polkadot or go into Ethereum. Um, it really, we want to stay very agile in terms of responding to what the market needs. We have a very high level particular thesis that we do want to stay within. But if um, on-chain support or multi-chain support is needed, then we will definitely go where that takes us. What type of categories am I going to see on, on Refinable? Like what, what do you think, which industries uh, are NFTs going to like completely overtake the first? That is... Uh... That's a dollar question. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, the lowest hanging fruit is always the uh, individual creators, right? I think people have a lot more flexibility to do with, uh, to to make changes to their own livelihoods, um, supporting all these because the barrier of entry is is relatively low. Um, whereas convincing entire industries to come on um, takes a lot more time. Um, so I do think the you know creators in terms of uh, creative industries such as uh, different musicians and artists to come on I think that's quite easy. I think supporting their you know digital works is 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 very easy for us. Um, we do want to push them to think about something you know beyond just digital art. So utility based, redemption based, um, community based NFTs as well. But we are engaging for live music events. We're engaging sort of art galleries to do virtual oh, cool. art fairs. We are talking to different um, TV shows for viewership engagement. Um, there's, there's honestly just so much stuff out there <laughs> that it's, it's beholden on the, I guess, the people's creativity to really come up with what they can do, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to postulate that right now. <laughs> well, what's missing? So, like, an artist, what's missing in the industry? Is it, is it, it seems like there are a lot of creators Mm -hmm. Are there, what, what's, I feel like there's just a lot of everything right now. Um, so how does someone do, do, how does, how do people do cool things, but actually bring it full circle and do it in a way where it's like saving money or making them money, like live concert event yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So I think you, you hit on the nail, right? So, you know, bring it full circle, doing stuff that makes sense to your brand, 
So I always tell people NFTs are unique in that you can't price discover that well, right? You, it really takes a whole group of people to come together and give it meaning and value. And so NFTs are inherently very, very community based. And so when you talk, when you think about communities, it's really about um, different fan bases, different viewership, different engagement circles that you have. So for example, it's, it's Charlie, you and your, your podcast demographic, your listeners, it could be an artist and their fan bases. It could be a TV show's viewer. It could be even my mom and her friends if she has like a million friends, right? That is a community that she shares. And so it's about finding things that make sense for yourself that you can give to your community and you know, increase the amount of engagement or fun that is with that community, right? I think number one, your community has to make sense. I think being a little bit more tech savvy, um, understanding your demographic makes a lot of sense in order, in order to think about whether you should explore this NFT. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, the narrative has to make sense. And we are really trying to help with a lot of brands and handhold them and advise them on what kind of makes sense for your brand, right? Um, you know, it could be different music festivals. It could be, you know, uh, live. I think live we talked about this before, but I, there's a gentleman who, who I think uh, um, I'm going to go and be, I'm going to be seeing him in two weeks. I'm going to pitch to him the idea, but he's on the board of the largest, uh, movie theater company, uh, in the, mm-hmm. in, in, in the U S and, um, like chain. And also like, he's also involved. He also is on the board of like a major film studio. Mm-hmm. So the idea is there is like, I feel like that industry in film is so reliant on you ready valuing individual actors actresses other people in the industry like how do you value them you know nowadays it's like when you're looking for someone for a role they're just looking at you like how many instagram twitter followers you have you know how good of an actor actress are you whatever but also the fans and the connection to the fans and the different tiers of loyalty that exist between fans mm-hmm. now not all fans are created equal you have some die hard dedicated fans of everything it's cult followings you know, you have like some movies like Clerks that have like dedicated yeah. thousands of forums. That movie came out in 1995. It's still like most watched movie by Kevin Smith or whatever. Crazy. But like, you know, there's there's a whole full circle industry there. Mm-hmm. And then it's so simple. Uh, I feel like for that industry, because all it would take, all it would take to start is when you go to the movie theater and you buy a ticket, which I feel like, yeah, movie theaters are dead, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like we're all going to at least go to the movie theater at least one more time before we die. You know, hopefully, right? Like one more time, right? Going to a movie theater and then printing you a receipt that said, hey, you have been credited with this token that shows you are a fan of this film. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you're now you, like that token may just at the beginning may not come with anything, but eventually you could see the future of this. And uh, And I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan of like, figuring out how to very quickly attach what we're getting out of this industry to real world things. People say that, Charlie, you like to throw shit at the wall to see what sticks. And the reason I do that is because I've have this fear that the wall is constantly disappearing, that one day crypto, like, I feel like we have this imposter syndrome. I feel like sometimes I feel like, like, I can't believe our industry is as big as it is. You have to just, we have to just move fast and you see the cycles that we go through. It's crazy. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think I'm definitely with you on that. I am the type that likes to throw shit at wall, you know, in my spare time and see what sticks. I think that is definitely the best way to go, especially if you're a startup, right? You're, you're, you have a thesis and, you know, I definitely think I, we were onto something 
And I would love to just like give people and just um, just kind of blow their minds in terms of what is possible. Like, you know, even for just, you know, clubs, right? Even for movie theaters, maybe even NFT that you could pre-buy uh, that you play a video of your choice before your movie premieres, right? So that's, you know, a new monetization oh. strategy. Um, you could have you could show just funny videos of yourself or someone just to make fun of a friend. You could do a proposal. There's so many ways to do it. Literally, mm-hmm. your creativity is limiting yourself right now, right? These NFTs is great because it's freely tradable, right? It's it's all shared, and um, it, you can li- you can just do it. You can use it for so literally so many things. Yeah, you can. Right? It's really inevitable what's going to happen here. So so that's um, why I always say about community engagement, right? You know, live events, you know. Uh, digital events, <laughs> there is no limit to this, and I can I can definitely just like work with any brand to just come up with all these crazy ideas that they can do it, right? But um, I think first of all, it's like kind of um, like you said, the cycles yeah. go really fast, right? But you see that the cycles are built by a lot of uh, these traders, and I think right now we have the hook on this wheel haven't been hooking the non crypto people well enough, and I think this is a great point for NFTs to really hook the imagination of the general yeah. public and show them what is possible. But it's not a spe- it's as much as there is a lot of speculation going on. It's not a naturally speculative, uh, uh, you know, like sector like how ICOs were. It's not when someone's buying a a sixty million dollar NFT, they're not immediately turning that back around and like staking it and then using it as liquidity. It's being locked up, you know. They're buying so like it's largely locked up liquidity when someone is buying nfts they're holding on to it until someone else makes a better offer really like on an open scene some of these places so you can't look at it as like something that's like a bubble that's like about to be burst it's not it's it's like comparing a uh, stupid analogy but apples and oranges you know like i always go back to the to the dumb analogies we we were we were brought up brought up on um but hey, this is a question that I, I just thought of again, that uh, uh, I'm always hesitant to explain various aspects of our industry to people unless I can like show them how they can do something on their own to give them that attachment. Mm-hmm. You hang out in like Nifty land or NFT land, I don't know, whatever, NFT world, probably go to NFT forums, drink NFT coffee or whatever. What are some kind of cool things that people can engage now with the NFT world? Um, you know, we talked about like issuing if you're a digital artist or physical artist uh, doing music, you know, movies and film. What other type of things can normal people like you and I engage with with that industry? I mean, I think right now the, the main things that are very well built out is just digital art, enjoying. You know, there's a new type of vertical for regenerative uh, art. So, you know, with every purchase of this NFT, there's actually a computer program that runs behind it. And so theoretically, every NFT will generate a unique content for you. Right, so there's content like these that kind of tickle the imagination of Someone your mind. sent me that. Someone sent me that. Where like the NFT, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but like it, it creates the art based on the content that you put into it. Exactly. Super cool shit. I'm telling you, like really cool. I'm sorry. I'm blown away. I'm blown. I can't wait for Bitcoin Miami to, to see some of this. I, mean, I, I mean, I used to have uh, girlfriends that used to be in art school. So I've seen some of these general arts. I am generally not that impressed. Personally, it's a cool idea. I can see it being really cool, but it can also turn the exact other way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think another cool thing is really um, uh, uh, crypto bunnies. I believe that's what it's called, um, or crypto neko. Um, so essentially, it's a new type of project where they're basically mincing all these um, uh, these special artworks. And so they basically auction these off on a bonding curve. And then they do a couple of uh, pretty cool uh, 
uh, marketing stunts behind it. But I think generally the, the technology is not that crazy. But I think what is cool is that this is a sort of a new project fundraising with a new medium and a new narrative that they're telling. Um, and I do think that is really cool in terms of tickling the minds of people who are forward thinking and want to you know, deploy this for themselves. So I think stuff like oh, that, so cool. it's more about the, the narrative that you're telling using the technology. The technology is the same throughout, right? It's about the story you tell. How do you sell this to the community? And you know what it really stands for, because at the end of the day, you know we're all storytellers. A community is just a, a bunch of storytellers. You know why this makes sense, why you're valuable, why this is that. Um, so I think the story and the narrative is very, very important. The story and the narrative is the most important thing. And and just kind of looking at your background and your history, uh, you know how you we're, we're talking earlier on the pre-show about like building a three D models to help fashion brands be able to like. Uh, uh, conceptualize in the physical world some of the things that they're only seeing in the digital world. And I feel like that's like exactly what you're doing now. Uh, congratulations on everything you're doing. Thank you uh, so much for taking the time and coming on Untold Stories. Um, this show would be nowhere today without like you, my guests, my listeners, and the amazing folks at the Blockworks Group who produced this show. I know you got a lot of stuff going on over at Refinable. And everyone is is excited to see what comes out of it and the growth and like the future of NFTs. And I hope to have you again on the show soon and meet you and and uh, and good luck, good vibes. Yeah, thank you so much, Charlie. It's been it's been like blast every time I talk to you. It's like so many new ideas, so many great questions. And I was yeah. super happy. <laughs> Too to <be> many. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs>